Good morning, everyone. Lovely to be here with you this morning. Lovely to be in person. Uh, lovely to see you if you're online or watching this now or later. It is just good to be together. And I love seeing some of our children. Hello, Sharon. Um, I want us to carry on talking about what we talked on Easter morning. If you were with us on Easter morning or if you watched it online, Adam brought in a beautiful throne and he talked about the fact that Jesus is Lord. There is no question about it. There is no doubt. It's just a fact. He is Lord. Whether you are aware or not aware of it, whether you believe it or not believe it, he is Lord. There's no question. It isn't a choice we make to make him Lord of our lives. If you are part of this world and are born on this earth, he is the Lord of the world. Jesus is Lord over all. And Jesus says this to uh, Pilate in John 18.37. Uh, Pilate asks him, are you the king? And Jesus replies, you are right, Jesus said. I was born a king and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. Jesus declares this in the New Testament so many times that he is the king. He is Lord, but you can choose if you act as if he's your Lord. Um, and Lord means he's a part of a kingdom and he rules over a people. When Jesus said he is the Lord of Israel, he didn't mean the physical place, Israel, but the people. We are part of those people. We are his people. We are part of the kingdom. And everyone that does his will is bringing the kingdom of God wherever we go, knowing or unknowing. And... Uh, Adam said this example last time. He said, you might not be aware um, that you are bringing the kingdom when you're feeding somebody. When you are feeding somebody, Jesus wants that person to be fed. Therefore, you're bringing the kingdom of God to that person. It's not the fullness of kingdom of God because the fullness of kingdom of God is knowledge of God and knowing who we are in him. But it's the kingdom of God. Wherever we go and we are bringing God's heart, God's um, will to everyone around us, we're bringing the kingdom of God. We said this when all the tailors um, piled on the throne. We said that there isn't a question whether he is sitting or not sitting on the throne. He is sitting on the throne. That is a fact. But the question is this. What else is sitting on the throne with him? What else is sitting on my throne? What else is sitting on your throne? And the question really got me thinking, what else is sitting, or who else is sitting on my throne? Which got me thinking even more about, if something is sitting on the throne, what does it mean? If Jesus is sitting on the throne, what does it mean? Um, well, Jesus being Lord means he is the supreme leader, supreme authority. Supreme means the highest, nothing higher. There's no other one. Supreme is the highest he can be. And he's a leader. He's a ruler. A ruler means to be in charge, to make the decisions, to be above anyone and anything else. Is Jesus your supreme leader and authority? Yes, he is. Do you act as if he's your supreme leader and authority? That is a question for each of us to answer. And how we act we tells us the answer as well, where we do things from. And how you act doesn't change the fact that he is the Lord. Let's take the queen, for example. I do love the queen myself, if I may say so. But if I decide this morning that I'm going to wake up and I don't like the queen, does that make her less 
of Queen of England? No. If I say I do not agree that the Queen is the Queen of England and I do not like her to be the Queen, she still wakes up being the Queen. She still wakes up acting as the Queen. It doesn't change her identity. It's, there are probably plenty of people that are thinking, I don't like her being the queen. Does it change who she is? Does it change how she acts? No. And you can see it in her speech. In her... But it does affect me. Because deciding that not, not acting out as she's the queen, it also means I'm not part of anything she does. And it's the same with Jesus. Acting like he's not the Lord does not affect his status. He knows who he is. He knows where he's coming from. He knows what his mission is. He knows who he is and acts out of it. But if I don't act like he is my Lord, I am the one nobody benefiting. I am the one that doesn't receive full life. And it's not because Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to give me full life. It's because I'm not even aware of the life that he's given I'm not acting as if he's my king, therefore I'm not receiving. And sometimes we think, oh, well, he's not giving me everything because I've had a bad week or haven't read my Bible. No, you're, we're just not aware of what the life he has when we are not acting like he is the Lord, the supreme. So, back to the supreme leader, which means there is no one other. There's no one higher. The, the highest he can be is supreme leader. And yet, as we saw in Easter morning, there are lots of things on the throne, sometimes so full that they are covering Jesus. He is not removed from the throne because he can't. He's just sharing it with others. Um, which, first of all, it means I'm not receiving the fullness of life. If Jesus is not sitting on the throne by himself, ruling in my life, I'm not receiving the fullness of life. But it also means chaos and division, if you can imagine. In our house, Matthew, my husband, uh, my husband and I, yeah, we're the rulers of our house. Our son, that's two and a half, he's not the ruler. He would like to be the ruler, and he acts like he's if the ruler a lot of the times, but he's not the ruler. He lives in our house, he is part of our household, but he's not the ruler. Because, you can imagine. But if I decided one day that we would all make rules individually, that I would be a ruler by myself, Matthew would be a ruler by himself, Ollie would be a ruler by himself. Can you imagine the chaos? I'd be like, it's tea time as the ruler. And Ollie would be like, it's chocolate time as also the ruler. And Matthew would be like, it's going for a drive and get McDonald's time as also the ruler. And we are all rulers, so which one do we do? Because we are all rulers. They have to listen to me because I'm the ruler, and I have to listen to them because they're the ruler. Can you imagine the chaos? I can't because I've been in many times in my house, but can you imagine the chaos? If you have kids, you can. Um, but this is when separation comes in. You know, on Easter morning, Faye was talking about the fact that God is Lord over her whole life. She doesn't take God in different handbags. And separation comes in when... There's more than one ruler. A ruler means supreme authority, and it means overall, not just some area. Yeah, not just some area of my life. Now, back to my, my Oli. Imagine now if he, he says, okay, mom, I agree that you are the ruler. You are the ruler of the entire house except for my room. In, in the living room, you are the ruler, and that's fine. I'll come here. But when I can't be bothered you being the ruler, I'll go to my room, which I'm the ruler. Which, again, that means separation. 
I'm saying, you can't eat on the sofa. And he's like, okay, on the living room, you're the ruler and I don't eat on the sofa. I'll go in my room and eat on the sofa because here I am the ruler. And my authority, that is when separation comes in, division. And yet, that is what is happening in each of our own lives all the time when Jesus is not the only supreme leader, which is, by the way, as we will see, the grammatically correct, only supreme leader, actually even putting only in supreme, it's a bit incorrect because supreme means the only one, the highest one. But we can get caught up in the question of he is Lord, he is no Lord, that we don't realize how much has piled up on the throne. How many things are on the throne? And then when we realize how much is on the throne, we start debating if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But again, that is an irrelevant question because whatever it is, if it's sitting on the throne, it should not be there. So let's take my need for cleaning and control. My love, let's call it, for cleaning and control. I can spend a lot of time debating if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I can say on one hand, I say, well, it's a good thing because it means my house is always clean and I always know where to find things and it's always ordered and I know what meals I'm going to cook and I know the calendar will never get overbooked. On one hand, you might say, well, it's not really good because I can clean so much I forget to spend some time with my son or it's so, so bad that I forget to rest because I'm so taken up with the house chores and then you go back and forth deciding if it's a good thing or a bad thing. In the meantime, this thing has taken its place on the throne. And I focused on the irrelevant question if it's a bad thing or about a good thing. And the question was irrelevant because it's not really about the thing itself. But the place in my life. But the place that, th- that thing takes in my life. If it takes place on the throne, then it doesn't matter what it is, it has to be removed from the throne. And I've been caught up many times into, well, maybe this is a good thing. So it's okay to be so driven from this good thing. But it doesn't matter, as we will see. Being on the throne, it means it rules me. He has power over my life and is now the supreme leader. And we just said that he can only be one supreme leader. Uh, you know, we saw what happened when we tried to have more than one supreme leader. Chaos and division. A few weeks ago... I read Genesis 1, and we talked about how before the creation, there was nothing. There was chaos and division. And then the Holy Spirit came, and God came, and they created everything. And we we read that God created us to rule over that. In Genesis 1, verse 26, we read this. Then God said... Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. We were meant to rule over the chaos and the division. That Jesus came, God came to bring order, but we cannot rule over the creation. We cannot bring order into the world, which is our purpose as we just read, if we are not operating from a place of order ourselves. God came on the earth. He made everything into order, created everything, put us as the rulers over it, and then division happens within us. We are meant to bring order out of chaos that surrounds us. But how can we possibly do that if we are the ones 
in chaos and division in ourselves. We can't. And if we have chaos and division when we haven't sorted out who we are serving as Lord, if there is more than one leader within us, then there is chaos and division and we need to sort it out. So the better question is, what is the place each thing, each thing takes in our lives? Looking at each thing in our life and identifying its place. Not decide if it's good or bad, but identifying its place. Is he sitting on the throne or is he subservient to Jesus on the throne? Is he under Jesus? Is he serving Jesus? If the answer is yes to sitting on the throne, then it is ruling my life and I'm not receiving the fullness of life. I'm not receiving the full life that Jesus has for me. When we operate from a place of everything else is under Jesus and serving Jesus, then we're able to receive full life and bring full life to everyone around us the way we were designed and created to. Everything else, including cleaning, serving, whatever, it has to be under Jesus. I have to do those things because I am in Jesus first and then those things flow out. And you have probably, as well as I have been, in situations where something or somebody or even yourself done something that looks good, but you know because it doesn't come from the right place, you can kind of see it. You can kind of read it. So it's not really the act itself where it's, where it's coming from. When it's sitting on the throne, it's ruling you. Apart from a few truly bad things, like stealing, killing, deceiving, lying, and so on, the rest of the things that might take place on the throne are things that are not bad themselves, but being on the throne makes them not okay. With the truly bad ones, it's easy to identify them. It's easy to be aware of them. And you're like, I, won't, I work very hard to not let those get on the throne because you see them. But with the other ones that are a little bit in between, it's very subtly. You know, you can easily say, well, well, well what is wrong with loving cleaning so much? You go, girl. And then you go, girl, and then it rules your life. Because that's what things can do, regardless if they're good or bad. Very suddenly, they can start rule, rule our lives alongside Jesus and with some other things in there. A few weeks ago, Adam was talking about Mary and Martha, and Jesus comes and visits them. This is two sisters in the Bible. Jesus comes and visits them, and Jesus is in, in the living room. I don't know if they had a living room, but he was in the sitting area with um, the brother, Lazarus, because he came back from life and he was, they were talking and Mary was also there, you know, loving life, chatting to Jesus, catching up, and there's Martha in the kitchen. I'm like, I cannot believe her. Is this still I cannot believe her. She's not helping me. I, have, I made three courses for Jesus. I made his favorite pudding. I cannot believe she's not helping me. Uh, I better go and have a word with Jesus. Jesus! I mean, I understand the men have to sit down because this is 2,000 years ago, but can the woman come and help me in the kitchen, please? And she is very upset, and understandably. And I've read this story many times, and I'm thinking, I feel her upset. I've been in her shoes many a times. I'm thinking, come on, Jesus, tell Mary to go and do it. What does Jesus say? Martha, she's doing what is important. She is sitting at my feet and listening to me, which is like, you know, when 
the fact that Martha could not stop doing things in the house, even though Jesus was there with them, telling her that sitting with him was the most important thing to do, that's a good example of more than one thing taking its place on the throne. If Jesus can make, can feed 12,000 people, plus women and children, Martha did not have to worry about what to put on the table. But you might say, oh, well, of course Martha was doing that. How, how could she not? Who else will cook? I know for my own household, if I don't do these things, who else will? Life is busy. I don't have the time to sit down meditating for a long time. And if I do, it will be the bottom of my list when I can breathe. And, you know, when I can take a deep breath. And by the time I meditate at that point, I might fall asleep because I'm so tired. The question isn't if Martha's need to serve is a good thing or a bad thing, which we can get caught up sometimes. I myself have got caught up. How is it so bad that she's in the kitchen serving? At least they all have something to eat by the end. But it's place in Martha's life. The place that serving was in Martha's life was bringing her to this point where she could not see that sitting with Jesus was the most important thing. And not that she didn't want to sit down and sit with Jesus. She also wanted to bring Mary out. Oh, if, if I'm not listening to Jesus and I, I can't see anything past my need of serving, I might as well take Mary with me. Any other women in here going to come and help me in the kitchen? So it wasn't that serving is bad. Do not hear me wrong. Serving is beautiful. But serving has to be under Jesus Serving is a characteristic of Jesus and not the supreme leader. Serving is Jesus' heart. This This is what he was doing everywhere he was going, but he cannot become the supreme leader. When serving comes from a place of being under Jesus, then everyone around us receives its fullness. You know, you might have been confused like me when you heard that Martha didn't get praise for all her serving and slaving in the kitchen. Something that we might think Jesus will do. But she, she doesn't get flack for serving. She gets it for the place serving has in her life. It has taken the place on the throne and Jesus can see it. And Jesus is saying, don't worry. Come and sit here. We'll have plenty to it. If there isn't, I'll multiply it. But you come and sit with me. Serve is not a bad thing at all. But when serving sits on the throne, then it's wrong. Because Jesus is not the only one sitting and ruling. Because Martha was operating from a place of dual supreme leaders, which is, I think, I have two English teachers in the house, but it's grammatically incorrect, right? Dual supreme leaders. Supreme means highest, nothing bigger, nothing higher than it. And yet, we try to make more than one supreme leader in our life. It's very, yeah, the ridiculous of dual supreme leaders, it's a little bit silly. It's literally like saying, Ollie, we are your parents, but you're also the parent. So do whatever you want, but also do whatever we tell you. But also do whatever we tell you. But also do whatever you want. And you can also do whatever you want. Eat whatever you want, but also please just eat the things that I tell you. Do you see and hear how ridiculous that is? Because it can be. And which one do we do? When we have more than one Lord sitting on the throne, we end up listening to the loudest. Or we end up paralyzed. 
because of the voices and we don't do anything. They're all talking so loudly that we don't do anything or we listen to the loudest. We don't recognize the voice of Jesus and listen to all the other voices that are loud and shouting things at us. If you are sitting at the table with Matthew and Ollie and I tell him to eat his vegetables, you can I can assure you that the loudest voice will be Ollie saying, no, I don't want to eat my vegetables, I want chocolate. That will be the loudest voice. Because he wants, you know, he wants to get his way. So of course it will be the loudest voice. When we don't recognize the voice of Jesus, we listen to all the other voices that are loud and shouting things at us. Martha heard the voice of Jesus that told her that sitting with him is the most important thing above doing stuff around the house. But the voice of needing to serve was just a little bit louder. It was the voice she ended up listening to. So, what do we do? How do we remove things from the throne? How do we allow them to have a place in our life, but not allow them to rule us and give the rightful place to Jesus as the only supreme leader? How do they become things under Jesus? We don't want to remove serving and throw it so far out of the house that you never serve. Well, I'm fine now. I don't serve because if I serve, it means it's on the throne. That's the other extreme. No, how do we allow things to have a place in our lives but be under Jesus, to operate from everything that Jesus is the, above everything else? Say so Jesus is the boss. Well, he is the boss. If I want to operate, uh, yes, so he must be the ruler of every area of my life. And we can do that as we spend more time with him. That might be maybe not quite the answer or the quick fix that we might think. But if I want to operate from a place of Jesus is my Lord and the only Lord, then I must give him priority in my life. In every area of my life, he needs to have priority. I need to spend time with him. I need to go get to know him and really know him. Allow his lo- love to be rooted in my life in a way that he is the only voice I listen to. I allow Jesus to become the source of my peace and comfort instead of a clean house. A clean house at times does give me peace and comfort because I'm like, oh, now I can sit down. But I don't want that to be the source of my peace and comfort. It cannot be my be the sort because guess what? Now I have a child, and my house is messy 99% of the time. So if cleaning and a clean environment and a tidy house is a source of my peace and comfort, then I will not be at peace and comfort 99% of the time. And this is not where I want to be. If Jesus is a source of my peace and comfort then even when the house is not 100% how like it, I have internal peace. Nor other things. I grow in security and my identity with him. So how do we do that? That is always my question. How do I do that? How, what can I do? But the answer is not in doing, but in being. Being the presence of the Father. Being at peace that he is Lord. Being with him in the good and in the bad. Just be with him and this is something that you might think but but how do I be how am I with him because if you are like me you want to to know what to do instead of just to be you know as a parent now I'm like 
I know what Oli gets up to a nursery because I get notifications all day long, which I love. But when I speak him up, I want to ask him, how was your day? I don't want to know from the teachers or from a post. I want to know from him. Because, not because I don't know if he's had a good day or not, not because I don't know what he's had for breakfast, exactly how many minutes he slept for a nap, because I want to know from him. Because I want to spend time with him. I want him to tell me. I don't want to know it from a post. I want to know from him. And not because I need the information, because that time that we spend together talking, and God is just the same, but more. If I love my son so much that sometimes I look at him and feel like crying, how much more does Father God look at each one of us and be like, just tell me how was your day? I know already, and I know about that really good time and that really bad time, but tell me how was your day? You tell me. Come and spend time with me. That's what deeper is all about. Come and tell him. Not because he needs to know, but because he wants to spend time with you as your father. Max Lucado writes a beautiful book that I will go on about for the rest of my life. It's absolutely gorgeous. I have read it probably 50 million times, 49 million times to Ollie, but it's called I'm Special. And every time I read it, God speaks to me in a beautiful, different way. And in this book, there is about um, a carver called Eli that carves these wooden people and they put marks on each other. Um, if you don't have it, come at the end of me and I'll, I'll give you the book. It's beautiful. But at the end of the book, when the main character, Punchinello, sees Eli, he's confused why the stickers don't stick on his friend. Because they all have stickers, good ones and bad ones, and they all stick on each other. But there is one particular person, Lucia, that she doesn't have stickers. And Punchinello's like, why, why don't they stick on her? And Eli explains it's because she doesn't care about what other people think, but she is bothered by what Eli thinks. So therefore, the marks don't go on her. So Punchinello finds this hard to understand. He's like, well, I also don't want to care. How, how can I do? You see, this is where we go to. What can I do? How can I fix it? And Eli responds, you will understand, but it will take time. For now, just come and see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. For now, just come and see me every day. Don't go and do more serving. Don't go and read your Bible more. Don't, just come and see me every day. And let me remind you how much I care. I love that line. Gets to me every time. Come and see me every day. Not a quick fix. Not a solution. Not an answer that we'd like to hear. But come and see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. That is the Father's heart. That you come and spend time with him. Allow his love to be rooted in you. Allow him to remind you of his love and care for you. Get to know him. We live in such a quick fix world. Don't we? My Amazon Prime uh, package didn't come the next day. It came the day after and I thought... Oh my goodness, what's going on? Where's my package? We live in such a quick, quick fix world where we want the answer now. We want to know what to do now to fix it, to get things done. Always on the go, always on the move. We have forgotten to slow down and just be. Haven't we? I have. I definitely, I'm reminding myself how to slow down and how to just be in his presence. In Genesis 1, God tells us to work for six days 
and rest the seventh. How many of us keep the Sabbath as God has intended us to? Not as a rule and a regulation the way the Pharisees did, but in its true meaning and purpose. Not time off from your paid job, but then to do your house job and then to do your other million things, but to actually rest and be with him. To allow him to refill our body and spirit. If you read the New Testament, you see so many encounters, and I haven't counted them, that Jesus is with people, and then he says, then Jesus withdrew himself to a mountain, to a lonely place. Why? Because Jesus knew the importance of being with the Father. He was giving, and then he would go and spend time with the Father. That is such a beautiful picture. If Jesus, Jesus needed time with the Father, how much more do I need? I know Jesus is my king, and I declare him as my king, but I also want him to be the only one on the throne, nothing else. So it means I must put the work in, spend time with him, read about him, spend time with people that are like him, honor him, give him time, give him priority time, not at the end of the day, I'm almost falling asleep time. And if you are like me, you might think, but when, Anka, when have you seen my schedule? No, I haven't. I haven't seen your schedule, but God has. And he's like, I have given you all these hours in a day and all these days in a week, and they each have a purpose. Use them as your purpose. I loved what Ellie said about the breath and that we are given time. What is more precious than time? As you can imagine, well, more amazing parents in this house and others have more than one. I have one and I'm very tired. And, it's, and sometimes I'm like, but when? So now I wake up at 6 a.m. before he wakes up and sings Bob the Builder himself 37 times in his car because I want to not give God my 11 p.m. And 11 p.m. might be your time. For me, I'm, I'm asleep. I want to give God my priority time. I want him to have the best of me. And then, yeah. So your Lord is someone to whom you belong and someone who has the power of deciding for you. Your Lord is an owner, someone who controls you. This is my Lord, which means I need to give him everything, all of me. There can be no other. If the Lord means someone that is deciding for you, how can be another one deciding for you? All the things we have in this beautiful house, deeper, discipleship, life group, prayer meetings, all those are amazing opportunities for each of us to learn and spend time with him. Take the deeper hour and then multiply it throughout the week. You don't have to wait a week for deeper to come. I love deeper, but if I would wait for deeper to happen every two weeks, I would feel like, you know, when you're really thirsty, because I need to spend time with him. Those are just opportunities for us to learn. Live groups. I have absolutely loved live groups lately because it's teaching me and helping me how to read the Bible and how to get everything that God wanted me to get from those pages. And it's amazing. And I'm learning it and I'm taking it out of live group and using it. All those things are amazing opportunities for us to learn and spend time with him. And... Yeah, I'm going to stop there because I could easily carry on talking, but 
if I want to leave you with a thought, is this. Not debating if a thing is good or bad, but identify its place in your life. Martha's serving was beautiful. Her heart of serving was beautiful. God has placed a heart of serving within her. And that wasn't the problem. That was never the problem. But the place it took in her life. That stopped her. That she didn't receive full life that day. Because she was under the feet of Jesus. She was in the kitchen. God wants you to be at his feet. Receiving full life all the time. So yeah. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you are so big and you are so mighty. Thank you, Lord, that you are the supreme leader and authority. Thank you, Lord, that saying that there's more than one supreme authority is just so ridiculous. And yet, it happens in each of our lives. Lord, we want to thank you so much for who you are. And we thank you for the place, the rightful place that you take on the throne. But Lord, we want to thank you that you are with us and alongside us every time we, you help us remove things from the throne. We want you to be the only one, the only reigning throne on the throne, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you are the only one. And Lord, when you are the ruler, the life that flows out of you, it's so amazing, it's so beautiful. It just fills us up with everything we need. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yeah, Lord, we thank you for your beautiful word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for this beautiful house, Lord, and for every gift that comes out of this house. And we thank you for everything that we can experience you in all those different ways. Lord, we want to thank you for every person that gives a life so we can receive life. Thank you, Lord, for Adam and his family as they're resting. We thank you, Lord, for Paul. Lord, we thank you. And we feel so honored to have amazing people that have given up of their life so we can receive it, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, so much. We thank you that you have given life so we can receive it. And then you have given us beautiful examples in this house that we can follow that we can look at. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.